And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hi, it's Scott here. On these lessons episodes of my podcast, I'll be selecting my favorite lessons from various guests and episodes of Success Story. Today, you're gonna hear from Denise K. Schulz. She is an internationally recognized leader in the market, investing, and trading psychology space. Her expertise in neuroeconomics, the mental game of trading, and markets themselves make her an extremely popular speaker and educator at Wall Street conferences. She has coached hundreds of portfolio managers on the psychological game of trading and educated thousands more in what neuroscience is revealing about how we truly process risk decisions. Her clients span four continents and 10 countries. She has an MA from the University of Chicago in neuropsychoanalysis. She formerly ran trading desks in proprietary trading shops, and she is the author of Market Mind Games, which has been reviewed as the Rosetta Stone of trading psychology. She has appeared in the media numerous times, in particular her appearance on CNBC's Squawk Box in both the USA and Asia received rave reviews. She has been profiled by... Uh, Financial Times and Wall Street Journal. And today she's going to speak to you about how to make decisions without any sort of bias. What, what do you recommend people after you if after you sort of show them the light, so to speak, and, and, and they start to understand that every decision that they make has all these biases attached to the, that decision, then then how do they go through life? Yeah. So the question to learn to ask yourself and to answer accurately. And those are two separate tasks. But is what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? And you want the answers to be the truth. Now, that's easier said than done. Um, A lot of my coaching is like helping people get the accurate answer because what they think they're feeling or why they think they're feeling is generally not what it is. Um, This will, by the way, circumvent the cognitive biases Mm-hmm. So a thing in the behavioral finance, cognitive bias, you know, confirmation bias, recency bias, literature is way gag. Your human brain is biased and there's nothing you can do about it, you know, and you're stuck with that. It's not true. <laughs> um, it's based on the wrong model of the brain. It's basically, I mean, it's called behavioral finance or cognitive behavior because it's like thinking and doing, you know, thinking and behaving. You know, like the juice is in the feeling. So the cognitive behavior world doesn't get that. So like confirmation bias, when you see the thing you want to see. 
Well, everyone talks about how difficult it is to you know, circumvent that or to avert it. Well, all you have to do is like realize like what's that feeling? And what that feeling is usually like if you and this happens all the time with hedge fund managers. I mean, I had a relatively new client yesterday talking about like he went to his investment committee and he stated like his viewpoint and he's in commodities, you know. And so this is my viewpoint of how commodities are going to play out. And then he said, you know, if he starts to look like he's wrong, you know, he doesn't really want to go back to the investment committee and say, you know, on second thought, never mind, I was wrong. Because <laughs> why? Because it's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, he's afraid they'll react negatively. So people behave in what looks like confirmation bias, i.e. they only see the data that supports whatever their viewpoint already is. Um, not because they're just programmed to do that, because at the moments that they're seeing conflicting data, they're predicting this future emotion of, you know, that's unsafe, right? They're going to be embarrassed. Their boss is going to be mad at them. And they're basically trying to avoid that scenario. Well, the truth is, if you face that scenario earlier in the, your process, whatever, the chances that you end up with the embarrassment go down. Because like when you, you, you stated some you know, prediction to your firm, whatever it is, I don't care, sales, investment, I don't care, whatever it is. And you start to get information that's not working out the way you thought. Well, the sooner you get that and the sooner you change course and address, you know, the better the odds of a better outcome, right? But if you delay because you don't really realize you're predicting this future embarrassment, the outcome is probably worse. But like people have no cognitive ability to override that underlying prediction of embarrassment except to use their thinking to address, wait a minute, I'm really worried. You know, I don't want to turn out to be wrong because I'm going to have sounded like an idiot. It's going to be embarrassing and maybe I'll even lose my job because people have tendency to catastrophize. But the truth is the earlier in any scenario that you can face, you know, alternative data that shows your prediction may not be turning out, like chances are you can course correct earlier. But it requires knowing that you're feeling like you're predicting this future problem. That's going to give you, it gives you the space to navigate um, that you don't have if you're just like torturing the data to prove that your original prediction is correct while you're crossing your fingers and hoping and experiencing all this anxiety that, oh my God, I hope I turned out to be right. You know? <laughs> Well, I, it, when you say when you when you lay it out, it actually makes a lot of sense. But you, I guess, so the issue that we're sort of uncovering is a little bit of like you mentioned, like we have biases. But after a certain point, there's ego involved. They're, like they're, you just don't want to be embarrassed. So when when you speak to people that operate at this level, the things that are fears are they valid fears? Like I, in my opinion, they would be valid fears. Like if I make a sales prediction and it's totally off. At any point, when I bring that up with my board, it, it, they're probably going to have some level of, um, there's going to be some thought like as to whether or not I'm competent. That's, a, yeah, that's something that I right, feel right. like happens. Like, 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 right. like if, if you walk through the scenario, it's like completely logical, right? Like, so this is the thing. 
like an emotion, particularly like fear, has a totally bad rap, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to be able to fear, feel fear or give in to fear or whatever. And, and like, it's not true. Like if it weren't for fear, there's a lot of accomplishments we all have that we wouldn't have accomplished. Like who would really graduate from college if it weren't for fear? Right? <laughs> you do all this other stuff, you know, but you're afraid of the outcome of only partying and not getting the actual degree. Like, so you do the work, you know, you, know, you really do the work just because you want to do the work, right? Like you do the work because you're afraid of what will happen. Like in their pure form, fear, frustration, disappointment, have information for us. So we've got two problems. We've been told not to recognize any of them. And we've certainly been told not to focus on the so-called negative ones. When they're in their pure form, they're actually trying to help us. They're trying to keep us safe, trying to help us get what we want. Like frustration is something's going wrong. Take the extreme form of frustration. Well, the extreme form would be like rage, but let's take the interim anger. Why do people get angry? Because they feel as if something's wrong. So sometimes it is, and sometimes it's their own personal um, expectation. And that's like the next layer of this, what part is real and what part is your own personality, but we can come back to that. Like at its core, like if you're angry about something, your psyche is telling you that something isn't the way you think it should be. And maybe you should try to research yourself and find out what that is, as opposed to saying, I shouldn't be angry. Because what the research actually shows is you suppress those emotions, particularly the negative ones, the voice in your psyche gets louder. So they become more disruptive, not less disruptive. And, and research the way actually it, shows this if you suppress it. That yeah. this will I mean, there's, impact. you know, I mean, the truth is, you know, in psychology research, you can probably find research to show whatever you want. But <laughs> there, but the, yes, but there's a good body of research that shows that understanding your negative emotions, acknowledging them, leads to better outcomes. Particularly if it matters to you. Like there was when I first heard of this research, it was probably 2008, and I met this woman who, at that time, was a like a postdoc PhD, and she had done this research project to show that reframing, um, you know, situations was a net positive. And to her credit, her research showed that wasn't true. That if you reframed, in other words, you know, took a positive viewpoint of something on something that didn't matter that much to you, it worked. But if you did it on something that actually really mattered to you, your anxiety levels went up and it didn't work. Why? Because your psyche's like, your psyche really is trying to keep you safe. And that kind of includes more than safe, like it includes thrive. So if you have some unpleasant feeling, it's like, like, you know, all of a sudden you like feel this horrible pain in your leg and you look down and you know, you've got a gash in your chin for whatever reason, you know, like what's the point? The point of the physical pain is like, so that you do something about it. Why is it any different with emotional pain? I 
I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn Jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn Jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com 
com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 